welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so grateful and honored you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I want to say thank you to those of you who've left those reviews for the show. Here's one that I loved from at Sarah Johnson. She says, I love the topics covered on this podcast. It feels like I'm right there having a conversation with Rachel and her guest. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate you doing so today. Be sure to leave your name so I can publicly thank you. Today's guest is a woman I've admired for years. Her strong voice in the Christian world has personally impacted me in ways that have really led me to do this podcast. Lisa Bevere's authentic and passionate teachings weave profound biblical truths with practical application. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Her books are in the hands of millions worldwide. Lisa and her husband, John, are the founders of Messenger International. Spoiler alert, I actually interviewed her son, Addison Bevere, also, so stay tuned next week for that to release. But for now, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation that I had with Lisa Bevere. Well, hello, Lisa, and welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here. Oh, I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, you are somebody who I have looked up to in this space for quite a while, so I'm just excited to get to have this conversation with you and talk to you about your latest book. I've, I've read several of your other books that you've written. What what number of book is this for you? Uh, you know, I should know that. I think it's 14, but it might be 15. Okay, that gets me so excited. You're not the first author I've talked to who they're going, you know, I've lost track. And as somebody who is in a, who I have a dream of writing books someday, I'm like, that's really cool to hear that you have lost track of how many books that you've written. That's, that's encouraging to me. So I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so a fun little question I always ask my guests before we dive into the conversation is what is something random about you that we might not have read on your professional bio? Some, oh gosh, there's so much random. Um, <laughs> I have a motorcycle license. Wow. Have you, do you have a motorcycle? I did until my son wrecked it. So my husband took it away from me. Oh wow. How long ago was that? It was a couple of years ago, but I still have the license. That's so, so cool. Yeah. You're, to- yeah. you're totally a motorcycle mama. I can see that for sure. So I love that. <laughs> My dad always had Harley Davidson's growing up. So I'm a I had a ninja. Okay. So I that, love- which is probably not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very fitting. Okay. So thank you for the fun fact. So let's jump into, I have several questions for you today and I don't want to make, you know, we try to keep these on the shorter end. And so let's jump in and let's start by talking just about your latest devotional that you released called Strong. I would love to hear a little bit about the misconception that Christian women can't be strong and the, the heart behind this book. Yeah, you know, somehow we have been sent a message as women in the church that strong is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I opened up this book with this permission, I guess I could say, to be strong because I was I had a conversation with a friend of mine and she called me actually really super confused. She had actually done something with just incredible beauty, incredible strength, incredible success and then got kind of called in and a conversation was had 
that made her feel like she had done something wrong. And she called me. This is, you know, this is the beauty of being my age, Rachel. I get to be, I get to be a godmother to a lot of women who are in their late 30s, early 40s, pretty much anybody I could have birthed. Mm-hmm. And they they will come to me when they have when they have a challenge. And she just said, I, you know, she just started talking and I was listening. And all of a sudden I just blurted out and I said, you know what? Strong is not wrong. And it reverberated through her. And she was like, you're right. You're right. So I think what's happened is we have adopted a pairing that is not a God idea. We have taken strong and matched it to aggression and and harshness. But strong is not paired with aggression and harshness. Strong is actually paired with nothing but amazing, positive synonyms, things like robust, things like fervor, things like fierce, which of course I would love, things like, you know, you know, people that are brilliant, magnificent, all these different positive words. And the opposite of strong is words like faint, weak, insipid, and indifferent. People that are strong have clarity, they have passion, they have focus. People who are weak, they're always second guessing themselves, they're always wondering, is it okay for me? And I do think some of that also is a misconception about meekness. So meekness is not weakness. Meekness is self-control. It is strength yielded to kindness and wisdom. So it's strength under control. And so a lot of times women think, okay, it's wrong to be strong. So I'm going to suppress my strengths. I don't want to be a threat to anybody. Well, you're not, you're not a threat to the enemy when you're weak. So you're obviously moving into a place where, you know, you're you're not understanding strength. And again, Proverbs 31, very clear. She clothes herself with strength. Another version says her arms are strong. So what we've done in our culture is we've made people that are buff, they're just, it's about appearance. Mm -hmm. Like to look strong is enough. If I work out and I look good in my clothes, then that's what I'm going for. But strong is about lifting other people. And it takes more strength to lift people than it does to hold them down. And we as women need to use our strength to lift one another, lift the children, and even lift the men in this day and lift solution rather than just get mired down in problems. Wow, that is so powerful. I'm curious, what do you feel like? I almost wonder if the definition of strong has been skewed or even you kind of started to touch on this as well. Sometimes I feel like strength can be viewed as overbearing or bossy or, you know, sticking your head where it doesn't belong. Like, what do you think? Do you how do you feel about that word strong in particular and what it actually means? Yeah, so those those would be great synonyms for hostility, Mm. for aggression for combativeness, but not for the word strong. Yeah. You know, if you go and and when I actually did, you know, I have a free online course on strong because, you know, who knew, who knew we'd be coming into these days? I mean, I, Rachel, I, I am almost 
afraid. I am incredibly humbled and almost afraid that last February I wrote a devotional called Strong and turned it in and it came out during the coronavirus. It came out when people realized, oh my gosh, I I put my trust in this area and it got it got shaken. It got shaken. And see, I believe that God shakes us to wake us up reveal our strengths and to remove the weak things. And so when we look at strong, why would that ever be wrong? Why would that ever be wrong? Now our culture has actually modeled wrong is strong. Aggression, combativeness, vengeance, criticalness, slander. So many people use their voice to push people down. You know, when uh, when I was pregnant, with all of my boys, I just got massive. And I just believed in a minimum of a 50 pound weight gain for a good baby, which means my husband who is is sweet and skinny, part of the reason we were skinny was because we were poor, it, he weighed 138. So I could definitely straddle him and he would not be able to get up, but I could never lift him. And so what we have is we have a lot of people that are using their strength to oppress, using their strength to criticize. But again, it's going to take more strength in this day and time to prophesy solutions, which would lift people and remove all of this confusion than it would to criticize. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to echo what is wrong. But we need people who lean in with strength, humbling themselves. This is what the precursor to strength is always humility and surrender. Mm. And that's not what you see modeled in the area of aggression and hostility. So I think the first and foremost thing is that you and I discover that God is strong. God is strong. And because God is strong, he wants his children strong. And Ephesians 6.10 you know, talks about all of this equipping in the spirit of all these armors and shields and swords and helmets and truth. But I love the way the message paraphrase just opens it up, just making it super simple. It just says God is strong and he wants you strong. That's Ephesians 6.10, again, in the message. And, and I think every single daughter of God needs to hear that. So that anything that the enemy has muddled or made them think that strong would be wrong, they can hear it. Not maybe, maybe religion doesn't want you strong. Maybe, you know, people that have been in the pattern of controlling you don't want you strong, but God is strong and he wants you strong. And at the end of the day, God is the source of my strength. And so if I get that, then I go to God and he is the one who makes me strong. Okay, so I think what needs to happen now is I'm going to just not ask questions. I'm going to let you preach for the next 20 minutes. Does that sound good? <laughs> you're, uh, you're saying so many things. I can't write fast enough. I want to repeat one of the things you said. You said that God shakes us to wake us up, reveal our strengths, and remove weakness. And that really resonated with me because you mentioned, you know, where you wrote this book last year, not knowing what this year would hold, which obviously the Holy Spirit knew, which that, that whenever I see those connections, I just get so excited about God. I'm like, God, you're just super cool. 
cool. Like, come on. Anybody who thinks, anybody who thinks God is boring or lame or whatever, I'm just like, you got, you, you need more of these stories in your life. So I just love hearing that he put this on your heart to write it because I know, speaking for myself as, as a woman, a wife, a business owner, a mom who is now full-time homeschooling my kids, who's trying to figure out, you know, how to keep our business running, trying to do, you know, run the ministry that I'm doing, things like that. I have had to find a new level of strength that I honestly didn't even know I had, you know, like it's like in this season, it it's the Lord though is, and you know, I feel like we have two choices in this season. We can either shrink back and be, feel like everything's happening to me. And oh my gosh, I'm the victim. I'm helpless. Or like you mentioned, lean into God's strength and say, uh, hold on, I'm a child of God and I am made in his image and he is strong. So I'm leaning into that strength and I'm letting every single day choosing to let that strength rise up rather than the fear and the timidity and the the passiveness and things like that. And so I just, I absolutely love seeing that connection of, of where God planted this in you and now is releasing it for us. And just, it's like that battle cry of just saying, hey, wake up and rise up, you know? So I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, here's here's what I loved and, and, and love that's resonating with you. You know, the whole book of Hebrews, it talks about once again, once again, God's going to shake those things that can be shaken so that the unshakable remains. Mm. So, you know, I mentioned that shaking wakes us up. I mean, how many of us have ever, you know, like somebody's calling to us and we, we don't hear their voice, but then when they touch us, it wakes us up. So they shake us to wake us. Then also when the wind, I live here in Colorado, we have crazy strong winds. When the wind comes flying through, what it does is it removes what is dead. It takes away what has fallen in the winter. It removes the dead branches. It also shaking when I used to live in Florida, which right now I kind of wish I did because it looks like we're getting ready to get snow again. Uh, we had orange trees and all these oranges would get ripe at the same time. And it was almost impossible for them to hand pick them all. So they would take these mechanical arms and they would grab a hold of the trees and they would shake the trees. And then everything that was ripe and ready would fall into the nets. So shaking harvest, it's, it's a season of harvest and it harvests what is ripe and good and it harvests what we need to say, ooh, yuck, I don't, I don't like that fruit in my life. And then shaking does something that I think the body of Christ has a desperate need for right now. It unites us. Mm. It, it brings us down to the simplest foundation. We are never going to have unity of doctrine, but we better have a unity of faith. So shaking takes us down to a place where we all say, we need to be unified. We have, we have, it's interesting, you know, this is a season of testing. And I read yesterday, there's testing and then there's tempting. Mm. Testing is something where we go into it and it's for our good that we would come out better. Uh, Oswald Chambers says, God does not give us overcoming life. He gives us life as we overcome. And a lot of us, don't understand that struggle is actually strengthening. Too many Christians think, oh, I've become a Christian. Now everything in my life is going to be perfect. No, I'm sorry. That is not the promise of God. 
Christianity is a battle, not a dream, Wendell Phillips said. And so we have to understand that all of a sudden we are in a full-scale onslaught against darkness and light, against despair and hope, love and fear. And you and I have been given a gift of pausing in this moment to lean into the Spirit of God, call Him our strength, inviting Him to reorder any of our disorder, inviting him to reveal any idols in our life. And a lot of times when you say that word, people immediately have a mental disconnect. But I want to just make it really simple. An idol is what I draw my strength from or give my strength to outside of God. It's where I give an inordinate amount of affection, attention, and resource. And God is saying to us, I am your strength. I am the one who will not fail you. Turn from these other things and you will find me right there. I believe that he is an even now God. He is not like, hey, I'm going to punish you because you've done it wrong. He's like, hey, people, even now, even now, stop the if only and embrace the even now. I am your strength. Woo. We're having church this morning. I love this. So this is so good. Um, all right. So you, you you gave a description of idol. I don't know if I've heard before, and actually it really makes a lot of sense to me. An idol is what I draw my strength from or give my strength to. Holy cow. I think idols are being revealed and healed like crazy right now in this quarantine lifestyle in which we're living. And I love that because it kind of brings me to one of the questions I want to ask you about. This book that you've written has 10 different areas in which women can be strong. And two of the ones that, well, they all jumped out to me in different ways, but two that jumped out to me that I wanted to talk about today, and you you led us right into it, were the spiritual and the and battle. You talk about praying according to the spirit. And even in what you were just saying there about how this whole how we're being unified. The shaking is is unifying us. And it really makes me think about how we're going into battle. And of course, we have to be unified to go into battle. It'd be, it'd be a hot mess if we're going into battle not unified. So can you talk a little bit about those two areas of um, or, or choose one of spiritual or the battle? Well, I mean, one thing that I love is the clarity that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, mm. but we are wrestling with principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. In so many ways, all of our borders have been removed. And everybody should have their eyes open to realize it's it's not this person, that person. It's, it's, it's a principality and a power that is ultimately after our destruction. And so if we have an understanding that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, not, not our not our husbands, not not that person that unfollowed you or what whatever. I'm, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to belittle that there isn't frustrations, but that there is those are all smoke and mirrors. But there is a very real, highly structured spiritual warfare, and you and I gain strength by submitting to God that we would actually have his word in our mouth, that uh, the Holy Spirit would be really guiding our words, that we would speak with wisdom and kindness and love, that we would be gracious and forgiving to other people because we've experienced God's mercy and grace on our own lives. And just just an, uh, an understanding that this is a chance 
to come out in a battle ready position. Now, see, I, I believe that you want to train before a battle. Yeah. Now I have such a sense and, and maybe I'm just crazy. And maybe if you talk to me in two weeks, I change my mind. But what I have a sense of right now, Rachel, you know, it, it's, I'm not going to lie. This is a, this is a challenging time, but I have a sense of expectancy that God has brought us into a wilderness for us to remember yeah. that he yeah. is the voice that we are seeking, that he is our manna, that he is the one, the God who is love and holiness and the God who is a consuming fire. And he is asking us as individuals and families to come into a place of strength. You know, when I was doing the course, I I was so in awe of the book of Hebrews. I, I just meditated on the book of Hebrews 11 and 12. And I just, you would encourage your your audience to just meditate on those because there's just so much there. But one of the things I'm just going to read it, it talks about Noah. And in Hebrews 11, seven, it says by faith. So everything we do needs to be by faith. We're not going to be able to do it by sight. We can't even do it with people because we're all in isolation. So by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed and art for the saving of his household. And I believe that God is saying in this time period, build an ark for your household. Not outside, not a boat, not a boat where we're going to close the doors, but build an ark of God's presence. Build something of strength. Talk to your children. Remind them of the faithfulness of God and understanding this incredible opportunity I've had, again, I, you have, you have children. I have such a heart for the moms and I've had so many moms just be incredibly vulnerable with me and say, I, I don't know how to share my faith with my children. I think we've gotten so used to dropping our kids off at children's church that we have forgotten the most effective means of spiritual guidance is parents in children's lives. And that's why God said, when you're at home, when you're walking, as you're going in, as you're going out, talk to your kids. And you don't have to try to preach to them King James. You just need to talk to them about the faithfulness of God in your life. Tell them the answered prayers you have seen. Begin to speak for things. Talk about praying for them. I wanted you so bad. I, you know, I, I wanted this beautiful life the whole time I carried you. You know, I, I talked to God. I couldn't wait to meet you. Just making it personal. We are building some arcs of God's faithfulness in our family and the enemy wants to intimidate you and say you can't do that but it's just a lie and so you know i want to see women strong in faith and strong in repentance repentance is a gift repentance is something that god gives us as a reset you know when i uh used to have fights with my husband when we were first married i didn't understand how to forgive i believe that you forgave people once they proved that they had changed. So I would say, I believe you're sorry when you completely change, but God doesn't do it that way. God forgives us so that we can change. And repentance is a gift. And I love how it says that in, in second Timothy, that when we repent, we actually recover our true selves because see before repentance, we're entangled. We're entangled in things that are unseen. We're entangled in 
thought patterns that are unknown. But when we ask God, God, give me your gift of repentance. Let me see things the way you see things. Let me recover myself from any snare of the enemy, any entrapment of offense. God, I want to turn from the way I was living before you gave me a pause or even yesterday. And I want to walk into newness of life because that is where I will find strength. Repentance is where you and I move from a life in the shadows and shame into a light of light and hope and strength. Oh, that's so good. I wrote down repentance is a reset. That is, that's going to stick. That's a sticky statement right there. I also love that you brought up Hebrews 11. Um, I remember the first time that I really started to dig into my Bible and I read that and I can't, I, I wish I could quote now how many times, but it says by faith, like over, yes. over a dozen times, I want to say in that one chapter. So, oh, it just goes by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And then I love what it says in Hebrews eleven thirty three. It says through acts of faith. So now it's just not just saying by faith. It's saying through acts of faith, they toppled kingdom, made justice work, took the promises for themselves. They were protected from lions fires and sword thrusts turned disadvantage to advantage. That is what we all need right now through an act of faith. We all need God to have a faith whisper in our heart so that we can turn a disadvantage, what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy meant for division and destruction, a disadvantage to advantage, won battles and routed alien armies. I love that. Oh, this is so good. And, you know, you said something also earlier that I felt really heavy or strong in my spirit that I wanted to call out for the people who are listening today. And you talked about just being expectant. And that really resonated in my spirit because just last night, actually, as I was tucking our eight-year-old son to bed, I told, you know, I was telling him good night. And I said, tomorrow's going to be a great day. And he said, how do you know? And I said, because I just am expectant that God's going to make, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great week. And the Lord really, when I said those words that I'm expectant, he, he highlighted that word for me that already has been something he's highlighting to me. And he's like, Rachel, you just need to be expectant of the things that are to come. And so for those of you listening, I just wanted to also just highlight that to you and speak that word over you right now. And actually he reminded reminded me of Ephesians 3.20, and this is the message version, and it's God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. And I know that verse so well, because when my husband and I were first married, we went to a church that every single week we stood up and we said that verse out loud. And so I just want to deposit that expectancy in the hearts of those who are listening today. Whatever, I don't know what you're facing, but the Lord does. And he has a word in due season for you that you can expect great things because he's in it and he's already gone before you. He's already fought the battles and we are going to be overcomers. So rest in that today. Okay, Lisa. So as we finish up today, I do have some questions that uh, listeners gave that I thought were really, really good questions. And I just wanted to kind of bring up a couple of them to you. I can't do all of them, but I try to always just pick a a few that are good. Um, One woman asked, how can she be strong while still honoring your spouse? Oh, wow. You know, see, I love that. I have to be honest with you. And again, maybe I'm wired different. Man, it takes way more strength for me to be honoring Hmm. than it does for me to be dishonoring. 
Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to be dishonoring. It's easy for me to be rebellious. But I do, I, I do want to maybe address something. See, it's not honoring to be weak. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would that be honoring? So we need to say, man, I might, I might need to confront my perception of, of what is honoring. It's honoring to lend my strength to my husband's strength. See, I believe healthy submission means sub, means under, mission means assignment. Healthy submission means we are under assignment as a husband and wife to build a strong legacy. So I'm going to have to learn my husband's strengths are over here. My strengths are over here. How do we merge our strengths to honor God with our way we raise our kids, the way we spend our money, the way we live our lives, the way we build a legacy of faith. And so again, wrong is not strong and strong is not wrong. So if I am dishonoring, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not, that's not strong. That's, that's wrong. If I am undermining, if I am nagging, none of those are None of those are issues of strength. And I remember, you know, Rachel, and I love that you do counseling for couples because I I do think just small little tools can make a huge change in your marriage. But I remember hearing from the Holy Spirit. He said, Lisa, you're talking to your husband as though he is an adversary. He said, "You, you act like you have to fight against him for things. And, you know, there was, there was a season where we both weren't navigating. Well, we've been married 38 years this year. So we've, we've done it wrong and we've learned to do it right. And he said, you and John are allies, not enemies. And marriages are power unions, not power struggles. He said, you need to change how you speak to him. You come to him and you celebrate his strength. So you come to him and say, you know what? I love how decisive you are. I love, you know, A, B, and C. I realize now that I sometimes feel run over. And I sometimes push back because I feel run over or I feel afraid. I want to move forward in the right posture with you. I want to learn how to say things so I can be heard. And and that's actually, for me, a real simple one. Say it the way you'd want to hear it. I don't like to be yelled at, nagged, threatened. I don't like it when people manipulate me with silence, sex. My husband's never really manipulated me with sex, but I don't <laughs> I think some women do that. So anyway, we're going to create an environment of goodness and dominion influence. And we're going to be safe guardians of our husband's hearts. We're going to listen to what they're saying and reflect it back. Because sometimes men don't realize what they're saying. I, I know that sounds terrible. and But sometimes they... They say things and you're like, well, so what you're saying is I always do that. And then they'll be like, oh, no, you don't always do that. But also watch our own language that we don't say never and always. Because really the only times never and always works is I will never leave you or forsake you. And I will always love you, basically, when we're talking about God. So, yeah, I think that it takes more strength to be submissive. And submissive, again, is not doormat. It's under assignment with someone, building with them, 
than it does to be combative and rebellious. I love that you painted that picture because I feel like that if we as women would come into that role in a posture of strength, but in a way that is honoring, I feel like more men, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, but more men would really love to see strong women when they start to see, oh, this is what a godly, what godly strong woman looks like versus that worldview that you mentioned earlier. And, you know, it would kind of take that barrier down and let men see what a strong woman really looks like and how amazing it is and how powerful it is. And if we're all just working in our own strengths, how um, we would be a force that could not be stopped. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, I mean, what they say is the number one thing that is attractive to a man in a woman is confidence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not, not combativeness, not aggression, confidence. And so again, I think it is awesome if we understand what that confidence looks like. Yeah. That's so good. Another listener question that I really liked was she asked for any advice that you have for women pioneering in ministry. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I've done everything wrong, basically, first. First and foremost, pioneering in ministry, you always want to have the right motive. Mm. And sometimes the best way to check it is how are you measuring things? You know, there's a lot of people that think, oh, you know, if, if what I need to do to have a ministry platform is I need to have a podcast and I need to write a book. Well, maybe, maybe God will tell you to do that. But I think the number one place to start pioneering is by serving in secret. Yeah. And nobody really yeah. likes to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but serving in secret and inviting people into your home and being faithful with that which is small, faithful with that which is another person's, because the Bible is so clear, your gift will make room for you. It doesn't say you're the gifted make room for me. It says your gift will make room for you. That means you got to start giving it. And what a lot of people don't know is that my husband, he gave me such an entrustment. He said to me, Lisa, I'm writing books. I need you to help me. I need you to help me say it so it can be heard. I know what I want to say, but I need your help saying it. And so he gave me the privilege very early on of serving in secret. I worked and edited John's books as though they were my own. I labored late into the night. I had conversations with him. And and I think I worked on four books. And then one day we were sitting with the publisher And uh, they were discussing John's book launch. And the publisher just said, Lisa, we believe there's a book in you and we want to publish it. Mm -hmm. Now, that that doesn't happen. Rachel, that does not happen. Most people have to write a proposal. They have to get an agent. They just said, whatever you write, we're going to publish it. I was like, well, wait a minute. It's really easy for a wife to edit her husband. That's what we're all anointed to do. You shouldn't say it like that. You should say it like this. I said, what you're asking me to do is start from scratch in my own life. And that's really scary for me. I said, let me pray about it and get back with you. And so I prayed about it. And I wrote my very first book called Out of Control and Loving It when I was 34. And I have had the incredible, I want to say, honor and entrustment 
of being able to write since I was 34 and I turned 60 this year. And, you know, so many people do not understand it's a privilege. It's so I, I, I just would say serve, serve faithfully and take care of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, Rachel, that was really important to me was I was not willing to sacrifice my children to have a ministry. Yeah. And yeah. right now, I have sons ranging from 25 to 34. Addison, my oldest son, who is also the father of my four grandkids, he just wrote his first book. All of my sons have, have, this is just incredible, have always loved God. They serve in the ministry. They love being with John and I. We hang out as a family. They are, I'm their biggest cheerleaders. They're our biggest cheerleaders. We haven't, John and I, you know, again, we're first generation Christians. We, we made a lot of mistakes. But one thing John and I did well is when we messed up, we owned it and we said, we're sorry. And modeling humility for your family is so important because you have a lot of people in pulpits who are who are not doing it well at home. Mm-hmm. And you are not just what you say. You are what you live. And so when you get, you know, again, you know, I, I get it. There, there's some parents, they've done it so great and their kids make horrible choices. You know, Adam and Eve did that. But as much as possible, make sure that you are stewarding your family well. You will never regret the days that you spent sowing into your children and sowing into your marriage. But there have been meetings that I went to that I possibly, well, that I sh- shouldn't have. I'll just say it. That's so good. I received that. And I know a lot of people listening do as well, because that's so opposite, really, of what our world teaches us. And even oftentimes what we see modeled in the Christian world as well. So that that's something that's been really important to me and something that kind of made me hesitate to, I, I drag my feet a little bit. Um, even this podcast, my husband was the one who encouraged me to start it. And if he hadn't encouraged me, I wouldn't have just because that's always been a very big value to me as I never wanted to throw my own family under the bus, if you will, and, you know, and take on ministry above them. So I'm glad that you spoke to that and you said that. That's so powerful. All right. So we're wrapping up. I I would love to just kind of, instead of me asking you a final, final question of any sorts, I would love to just say, do you have anything else on your heart that you feel like the people listening today just need to hear? You know, earlier this week, when I was praying, I woke up with a scripture that I hadn't even looked at in, in forever. And it's Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. And it just very, very simply goes, tell the righteous, it will be well with them. Mm. And when God says, well, it may not look well in this moment, but it shall be, and it will be well. And then it goes on to say, for they will eat the fruit of their deeds. Whether you know it or not, your deeds become seed. And this is a season of sowing in righteousness, sowing in generosity. This is not a season to say, I'm going to hoard. This is not a season to close our fists. This is not a season to cross our arms. This is a season to open our hands, stretch forth and release things. And so I would really encourage you to have an opposite spirit of what the world is trying to put on us. Be afraid. I'm going to say be bold. 
hoard things. I'm going to say be generous. Curse. I'm going to say bless. I believe this is a season of rising up in faith. And you know how you, how you talked about being expectant with your son? Faith is that substance. It is that expectancy. It is that assurance that yet we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So I would just leave them with it will be well. It will be well. Not perfect, but well. This will take us from a place of unwell to a place of health. This will take us to, from a place of unstable to a place of stability, a place where we've lived in our own strength to a place of faith, a place where maybe idols were obscuring our view to the awesomeness of God to a place of clarity where we see that he is our source of strength. And so it will be well with you. I receive that. It will be well with you. And I and I believe that everybody listening is as well. And so, th- Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time not only to come on the show, but just to speak life over us. I mean, I always just feel like I get so excited when I get to record these podcasts because I get filled up and then I get even more excited when I, they get to be released to the world and other people get filled up. And so we just really appreciate your voice and we appreciate this book. Hey, where can people connect with you online and buy a copy of your recent book, Strong? Yeah, so they can get a hold of the book through Amazon. It's 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 physical book, and then there's Audible and there's eBooks. They can also connect with me through Lisa Bevere, and that is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they can by connecting through me through there, they can actually get a hold of the book as well as any of, of something we have there. We have an free online course called Strong. It has eight lessons. We just said, oh, we're going to do a free online study. I, you know, We want to see people just built up, whether they buy a book or not. We want to hear the blessing of God proclaimed over their life. And uh, Strong is a devotional, so it is a daily, 90-day devotional. But in the interim, we want to sow into people's life strength. And so they can connect again through Instagram, get a hold of that as well as, and this is exciting, we've got 30 days free for any of our courses and on our courses at Messenger Courses, again, they can connect through me. We have 34 children episodes. So hallelujah. You can you can get your kids in strength, in spirit, 34 children episodes. And again, like I said, it's 30 days for free. If you think, yeah, this is building my love, moms of men, I love called, I love porn free, I love all these relational series, and you want to go forward, then it's a subscription, or a membership or a partnership, however you want to call it. But right now, we're, we're just giving that away for 30 days for free for anybody who signs up. Oh, that's so awesome. That's good to know. Okay. And the links to all of those things that she just mentioned will be in today's show notes. So no need to um, stop what you're doing. And especially if you're driving or something, we can link them up there for you guys and you can go check out all those amazing resources. Well, Lisa, thank you again for coming on. I just am grateful for you and your voice. Absolutely. Rachel, thank you. It was an incredible honor. And I look forward to actually meeting you again face to face and embracing when I would, we can. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> Isn't Lisa powerful and anointed? I seriously thought about just turning off my mic and letting her preach. Be sure to grab a copy of her latest book, Strong. And I want to say a special thank you to Loved and Blessed. They've been a huge supporter of this show since day one. 
If you're able, please visit their website, find a box to gift to someone who could use some encouragement in their mailbox. You can just head to lovedandblessed.com to shop. Don't forget to be entered to win free goodies. Just text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 on your cell phone. I randomly select winners for the guest books, and just by being on that list, you're entered to win. You can also just head right to my website, rachelgilbert.com, and subscribe to my newsletter there, and um, you're also in that list to win. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing those God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.